This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstiles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by Black Belt CBD. If you're into CBD products or you want to try CBD products for the very first time, please visit blackbeltcbdproducts.com. Use promo code THEPODCAST25. You'll get 25% off. Everything you see there is more geared towards your athlete, but it also works for your everyday blue-collar worker or anyone who has aches and pains, inflammation. It's more towards rub-on stuff, lotions. You don't smoke it. You don't ingest it. Very low THC. You will not get high. So please visit blackbeltcbdproducts.com. If you're into nerd culture or sports memorabilia, go visit firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20. This is a Canadian company. I love to support each and every week. So to all you American listeners, everything you see there is in Canadian funds. So it's a little bit cheaper rate for you when they ship down there to you. They update daily. They got everything from comic books to sign memorabilia, sports collectibles, hockey cards, baseballs. Everything you literally need or want is there. But if you want to support me directly, visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device you're listening to me on today and click on the link that's right there. It's embedded. It takes you right to the merchandise store easy click on stuff look at stuff plenty of stuff to choose from i got hoodies t-shirts mugs travel mugs phone cases covid masks anything you literally need or want is there but if you cannot support me monetarily totally understandable during these times the most easiest thing you could do the most important thing you could do and what everybody should be doing even if it's not your first time listening and you've heard a few times and you haven't done this, please do this today. Rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, most specifically Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week's guest is a Canadian stand-up comedian and TV writer, Jennifer McAuliffe. McAuliffe? Hello, yes. There you go. No, it's so close. So close. It's uh, McAuliffe. McAuliffe. So there it is. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Okay, you know it's what it is? largely silent. It's... <laughs> It's the I after the L that uh, threw, yeah. threw me off. <laughs> yeah. People um, yeah, people have a hard time with it. Uh, I think it just, it looks like a lot of consonants in a row. Right. Like there's not, and then when you start thinking about it, there's also a lot of vowels. It's a long name. People get freaked out. Um, yeah, but it's like Mac, you know, right. like a Big Mac. Of course, yeah. And then olive, like olive oil. Oh, oh, there you go. That's an easy. Okay, perfect. (laughs) That's nice. But do you get offended with people mispronouncing him? Because I have an awkward last name too, and people butcher it all the time. Do you do you mind when people butcher your name? No, unless it's people I know that I've met after a while. Then if you haven't gone the distance to know how to pronounce my last name, then okay. (laughs) But if it's first person meeting, I totally understand. I don't blame them. Yeah, I mean, I think if like you know, a boyfriend or something, if one of them was to say my name wrong, I'd be like, buddy, come on. <laughs> but short of that, I think it's fine. You know, like, teachers never got it, you know. Right. Can, <laughs> nobody, I can't expect that from people. And it's, um, it's not like a, uh, although I always try to get people's names right, I, um, 
I just have such anxiety about getting people's names wrong. I just, right. you know, I always overthink it. And then I'm like, is it Andrea or Andrea or, oh, you know, like I kind of, I go too far. And uh, yeah, so I get it. I get it that people uh, have hard names and we just have to try. We have to put in the effort. Gotta try now. What about shortening your name? Because obviously, being Jennifer, do a lot of people call you Jen or Jenny? Do you enjoy that? Oh, sure, sure. So, my nieces call me Jenny, okay. Um, and uh, I think anybody over the age of five doesn't. <laughs> and then, um, with Jen, yeah, lots of people call me Jen, right. but I grew up in a school like I went to Catholic school, so there was only kind of like five names for girls there was you're either jennifer a stephanie a maria or a christina like there was nothing else you know? that is true i think we had one monica and it was like oh wow <laughs> fancy right. a new one um so you know there was like jen m and then jennifer m jenny m there was like everybody had like the christina p like everybody had right. like an initial at the back of their name That's and true. um i think enough times there was already a gen in class that I was just like, fine, whatever, <laughs> whatever, it's fine. But I always introduce myself as Jennifer because okay. I find that people have a hard time hearing me. I don't know if I slur when I speak. I don't know what it is, but you know, I'll me. say like, I'm Jen. And they're like, yeah. hey, Janet. Or, oh, no. Jan. <laughs> <laughs> Jane. Like, they catch all of so I'm like, at least Jennifer doesn't rhyme with anything. They know what I'm saying. That's if they true. get it wrong, that's fine. But at least, you know, if they're trying, I don't have to correct them a bunch of times. Well, the one thing I do hate, though, is when people call me Steven. Because there's no end oh, yeah. on the end of Steve. So I, I'm Steve. It's not shortened. It's Steve on my birth certificate. That, now, if I was yeah. Steven, I would want to be called Steven. Not, nothing against Stevens out there, obviously. But that's just the, my right. name. It's like you're adding now an extra letter. If you want to, there's no way of shortening Steve. I don't know, or Eve. Yeah. I don't know, whatever. But <laughs> I'd rather prefer that than Steven. That really, oh, that gets me going. So if yeah. someone wants to piss me off, call me Steven. <laughs> That's funny. My best friend is Peruvian. Okay. And in her house, her parents always call me Hennifera. Okay. Um, which is just like, they're just having fun. They right. know my name, yeah, you know, yeah. but they like do the Spanish J. So yeah. like it makes an H sound. Of course. And then add an A on the end so that people will know I'm a girl, right? <laughs> like you can't, <laughs> can't have any questions in their household. Oh. Um, so yeah, I've, uh, I've never really had a problem with and, but also, you know, I grew up in a big family. Okay. So, um, so there's uh, three boys, two girls, and two parents, right? Mm. So big family. Um, and my parents, my dad not so much, but my mom really could not keep us straight, like at all. Shit. Like she would, uh, <laughs> she would call us by whatever name popped into her head. It was like a rolodex, just going through. Right. Name us after so we're all named after family members, which okay. is like kind of a normal Catholic kind of. Course, you yeah. know, there's you got to you get eight names and that's it, right? So <laughs> we're all named after each other essentially. Well, and my mom, even though she named us, right. like couldn't for the life of her. Like, so my name's Jennifer. She would sometimes call me Jillian. <laughs> She'd like all over the place. Oh like, God. yeah, <laughs> she say Sandy, which was our dog when we were little kids right and we're like that dog is dead mom for like a long <laughs> time like you gotta got clear that hard drive like you don't need to save that that name in in your files anymore you can get rid of it oh my god so true well now imagine nowadays people think it's hard to have one kid now imagine back in the olden days when the norm was having four or five six you know what i mean now that mommy brain must have been on a different level and that, like even my mom we it's only me and two siblings and she would revolve around three all she would call me my brother's name my she would call my brother's my name and she'd do that with three so i could only imagine more than three but nowadays people just complain about one kid so it, it was tough back then yeah i think so i mean we did spend more time out of the house than kids do now I that's think. true yeah so there was like you didn't ask me calling names at all times which probably helped but, um, yeah, the school I went to, I think we were the biggest, no, no, I went to school with a family, I was actually friends with them, that had seven children. Ooh, wow. Um, and all of their names were very exciting. They didn't have, like, any Stephanie's or Christine's. They all had, like, cool, modern names. Sure. And everybody sounded really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also, like parents who name their kids cool names aren't usually the same parents that'll have seven kids in a row 
That's true. Like, it, like, it was an interesting kind of intersection. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when did you get into comedy? When did you start? Or when did it flicker in your mind that you wanted to do it? When did your journey start? Okay. So I've been doing stand-up for, I think it's 10 years now. Hmm. I started in, I think it was December 2010. Okay. So that would be just about 10 years. Although I don't know if, because comics always count how many years they've been doing it. It's like a sobriety test almost, right? Like <laughs> it's like you're going to get a chip or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, but I don't know if, if the consensus is that we're counting this year since nobody's going outside. True. You know? That's true. Like too. some people, some people are having shows in parks and things, but like yeah. nobody's attending them. Like even if you do an ambush, like if you got on the bus with a, a microphone, like right. nobody came to see you. Like you know, I That's don't know true. if it counts. Um, but yeah, so I got into it because I like I'd always been funny, mm-hmm. which is uh, you know part of it. You need that. I would hope so. <laughs> building block yeah <laughs> there are some people that got into comedy who um like who say you know nobody ever said i was funny and i'm like oh then this is gonna be hard for you this Ooh. is like this is not gonna be an easy career and especially if they're not um, a celebrity coming in that's even harder yeah <laughs> i mean even with celebrities because that's interesting you say that because there are um there's like a, a stream that mm-hmm. goes from wrestlers into comedy clubs. Like, it's like... Oh, I've had a lot of wrestlers wrestler. on. Yes. They, yeah, yeah. For sure. So, I mean, they do have crazy stories, which is great, yeah. right? Like, they do... They can tell an entertaining story yeah. and they've had lives. Yeah. But I, I would hope that any comedian that used to be a wrestler and is now a comedian mm-hmm. at least is funny. Like... You'd hope that they, True. you know... Well, the, at least like, the ones I've seen have been funny. So, you know, it, okay, it's not it. like the yeah. Charlie Sheens out there that have just, you know what I mean? Just get there, then all of a sudden yeah. flop from one day to the next, and then no one shows up again, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, I'm not I'm not a gatekeeper. If they want to do it, go <laughs> ahead and do it. That's not... You know, there's no union. You can just... You can do it. You can just get up on stage and sink or swim. Well, it's true because I heard another comedian say this too on another podcast that there were because someone asked this exact same question like, do you care that like someone like Steve O comes along and he's making like thirty grand a show and they're like, no, because it's a different crowd. He already made his name somewhere else and he's just bringing those people over. It's not like it's new people coming and his act doesn't affect my act because I know what I'm doing and he's just telling a story. So it's it's almost like you're going to a show versus going to a stand up comedy show if that makes sense, right? Yeah, and I mean like even still. They're just, there isn't a finite amount of success in the world. You know, it's success isn't like grains of sand. You can't count it. (laughs) So you're going to be fine. Like if my sister who looks the exact same as me, (laughs) sounds just like me. If she started comedy, we have the same background. We have the same parents. We went to the same schools. Our jokes and our stories and our perspective would still be different. Like it just would. Of course. So it's like you you can't get competitive. You can't get you can be competitive with yourself, of course. You want to wake up a little earlier than you did yesterday. Sure. You want to do a little better. You want to stop eating at gas stations, whatever <laughs> it is that you want to like improve your life. Absolutely right. be competitive with yourself. But like you can't you can't look at other people having things and be like, Oh, that should be mine. Like Steve-O's career is holding me back. It's like, no, it's not. Exactly. Steve-O do whatever Steve-O needs to do. I mean, like I haven't Googled him, but I don't even think he has any, um, like controversies. He's just like a, all I've heard about Steve-O is that he packs the clubs. Yep. And that he uh, he's clean, like he doesn't yes. do drugs or drink. And that's and why he, he does comedy, or, apparently, because yeah. that's his outlet now instead of doing drugs and drinking. Absolutely, and I heard that he prefers that like whoever's on the show with him not uh-huh. to drink or do drugs while oh, they're there. there like, you go. It's like just have it as a clean show, consider right. it a coffee shop or something. Right, right. And uh, I mean, like that would be hard <laughs> to enforce if you weren't a celebrity already. But I don't True. think it's inherently a bad idea that, you know, you show up to work sober. Like, forklift <laughs> operators aren't doing drugs. Like, you know. That's you need... true. And we work an hour a day. Like, uh, as if you can't just funny. hold back for, like, an hour. Um, 
Yeah, so I think that's that's interesting. But those are the only things I've heard about Steve-O, but I haven't Googled them. I don't yeah. Google men's names because <laughs> nothing good. Nothing good happens. You guys have done terrible things. Yeah, I know. Being a yeah. being a member of the club, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not what uh, we've done, it's what we're gonna do. That's that's the way I look yeah. at it. <laughs> it's both. It's both. Uh, I can shake my finger at both. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting when people are threatened, like when people act like gatekeepers, mm-hmm. you know, for anything. I mean, there's certain things I suppose we should have gatekeepers for, like, you know, a doctor should be qualified. You shouldn't be able well, to just, course, like, yes. put on a lab coat <laughs> and say, like, well, I'm a doctor now. <laughs> like, you know, there's certain things that should um, have entrance exams let's say or well, like, although you know, there are some of those whack jobs out there that people fall for so eh. absolutely so even still it's like oh maybe those standards need to be higher right but um but for stand-up it's like it's pretty the audience is what makes the difference and i've seen sure. people go up on stage and get judged for their appearance by the oh, audience. Wow. So it's not even that like some gatekeeper in the back or some club owner won't right. put you on, but that like, that like somebody will walk on stage and they just don't look whatever the audience thinks is going to be funny. Like sure. they look like a mom or something. <laughs> oh my God. And the audience is like, ew, a mom, <laughs> ew. And then, you know, the girl will destroy and then, oh. uh, they, the audience, you know, gets the comeuppance, but there is like, it's not like it's completely egalitarian. Like some people are like, Oh yeah. Comedy is the only like true democracy. And that's not true either. But I think, yeah, if you can, if you can make the audience laugh, then you're probably a good comedian. And if you can't make the audience laugh, maybe that's not your audience. Maybe you just got to find something else. That's so true. (laughs) Maybe a bookstore. Maybe you can (laughs) comedy at a bookstore. Maybe they'll like you. And you know what? Bookstore people have money. They'll come see you. There's no shame in that. That's Find your true. audience. That's true. So what's the worst thing that's happened to you on stage, speaking of getting booed and heckled and stuff? Oh, on stage. Like, I have been on stage thousands upon thousands of times. Like, okay. I have been on stage so much that everything has happened to me. Everything. Really? Like, every possible thing has happened. Um one time, this isn't the worst, but I'm going to try to, like, uh, people might be eating when they're listening to this, so I'll leave the worst out of it. But um, one time, I was wearing high heels, which I stopped doing after this. Okay. I was wearing high heels on stage, and I did something. Like, I was just goofing around, did, like, a little kind of, like, really low kick. Like, okay. I just kind of, like, dangled my foot a little. Sure. And my shoe, I guess because it was, must have been sweaty or something, and I was wearing, like, pantyhose, so it was, like, a slick. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, there was no contact, you know? Yeah. And um, anyway, my shoe went flying and, like, spun in the air like a ninja star. Oh, my God. And, like, just sideswiped a guy who was, like, sitting with his girlfriend oh, at my show. Like, okay. they came to see me. Right. Oh, it, it was brutal. And I had to, like, stand there with one high heel on and then just, like, standing tippy-toes on my other foot. You right. can't, like, stand up like it's an uneven surface. True. And, like, I had to, like, continue my joke because I couldn't tell if the rest of the audience could see it. Oh, true. You know, like, That's I right. Couldn't, I couldn't address it because it's, like, it might have been beneath the light right. and nobody saw it. Or, like, I was, like, oh, and I couldn't see if I hit the guy or not. Oh like, God. I was just, like, oh, my God, what happened? So how much more did and you then, have to perform after that? Like, how long was that set? Oh, I had, like, another 30 minutes. After oh, my God. Like, <laughs> it was brutal. And so, anyway, the guy comes up, and I'm doing the show. It's dinner in a theater. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, and then the guy um, comes up and, yeah. like, he, he has a great sense of humor. Bless him. He has a great sense of humor about okay, it. Good. He has my shoe in the middle of my set. Like I'm still like in the middle of telling jokes. And then he comes up and he like climbs up the side steps and okay. he like goes to give me my shoe. Oh my God. Um, but he was like fun and he was so nice. And okay. then, so instead of just like handing me my shoe, which I guess would have been awkward and like led to questions. Right. He did the like flourish of like, um, you know, a, uh, a Cinderella type guy that like gotcha. pulls, 
pulls the shoe out yep. and like tries to put it on my foot. Sure. But I guess because I'd been sweating or I was so stressed or whatever, I like couldn't get my foot in. Oh like, my you know God. how like when you try to put on a ski boot or like a hockey uh, skate what? and like, but you have to like really yes. coach of course i just like couldn't get it in and <laughs> he wasn't like at the same angle as me like oh, he was no. off and i was still trying to tell jokes oh my god <laughs> brutal um and honestly it's like Whoa. even after the show when people came up to me to talk to me because yeah. sometimes people come up and be like hey good set or they'll be like oh i really like that thing you said yeah. or they'll be like i normally don't like women comics but you're pretty good or whatever it is that yeah the classic one yeah, I know. I'm like, you don't have to say you hate women to me. You could just keep it to yourself. Nobody knew. Um, but anyway, after that <laughs> set, nobody even mentioned the shoe. Like, no oh, one. Nice. Like, it just didn't even register. So right. it's like sometimes uh, things seem a lot bigger in your own head. So you really have to, like, That's true decide too. whether you're going to mention it on stage or not. Because right. it's like, it's really fun when you mention something on stage and the audience knows what you're talking about of course you know and it's like something just happened and they're like oh yes okay but if you go off on a tangent and the audience doesn't see it or recognize or whatever the thing that you're talking about then you've derailed yourself derailed the audience and now you're like explaining this thing that like you wouldn't have talked about otherwise like it's not that great you were just like thought thought you had to address it oh my god okay so you did a pretty good job there but did you hear about this uh tv anchor that lost her tooth while telling the news and then she just kept going and her tooth literally fell off while on live air and didn't blink and just kept going like a pure trooper (laughs) good for her i um i've chipped my teeth okay Um, yeah i chipped my teeth uh when i was in mexico which i Presumably you're going to ask me later. But anyway, I chipped it swimming. Okay. And um, and so I've gotten a false piece put on every once in a while because it, it's not your real tooth. Like, they Same add here. something to your tooth. Yes. Like, and it, it's not exactly like they make it out of, like, what a porcelain for bathtubs. Like, it, does, <laughs> it, it doesn't stay in there, you know? So, um, so that's happened to me where I've – not on stage – Okay. But, like, I remember I was flying to school because I went to university somewhere else. So yeah. I um, I was flying to university, and I got myself a bagel, you know, at the Tim's sure. on the way out. Because like I was leaving the country, right? So yeah. I was like, final bagel. Okay, <laughs> right on. And um, I go to bite into it. And, like, part of the reason why I bought the bagel right. was to save money. Because I was like, I'm not going to buy some $12 sandwich on, on this flight. Like, forget that. I'm going to exact same way. Don't worry. Yes. Very I cheap. I, I work for my money and I, I spend it wisely. Right. So anyway, I, I get this bagel and I bite into it and I'm like on my way to school and okay. my, uh, the like piece that they attached my mm-hmm. tooth comes off. Right. So now it looks like I have half a tooth, which I suppose <laughs> is true in some sense. Yeah. And then uh and I had to go to a different country and I don't as a policy I don't get dental work done. God, uh, I, I abroad. Don't blame you. I would prefer <laughs> I don't blame you. You're right. <laughs> you know, if you're not drinking the water, don't get dental work. You know, it's pretty simple. True. Um but yeah, so that's happened to me and I just um similarly i mean nobody was looking at me but i similarly just didn't make a big deal about it because i was like what could i possibly have to say about this like should i like press the little button on the you know and be like excuse me um flight attendant my tooth is crumbled out of my face (laughs) it's true it's not like it hurts or anything it just falls out (laughs) yeah it just comes out and you're like oh well i guess i'm just gonna be ugly (laughs) for this year that's okay Oh. Well, speaking of traveling, you've performed all over the world, like the Edinburgh Fringe, the, which I always hear people oh, talk yeah. about, which I, I, I want to touch on soon. Across the States, obviously, Canada, Ireland, the UK, Bermuda of all places. So, okay, first off, yeah. where's been your favorite place to perform stand-up in or at? Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, so I think my favorite place to perform is there's a club in Tennessee, in Mm. Nashville. Okay. And it's like a small club. Well, not small, small, but it's 
it's like intimate, an okay. intimate little club. Sure. And they run a festival or these guys run a festival out of it. And it's a 24 hour day, nine day festival. So oh, it's wow. nine straight days. And so like the day you get there, you're doing an hour, you're doing half an hour, whatever sure. it is. And you're really sharp, you know, you're like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> and then, you know, you get your 4 a.m. Uh, set and then you're like, okay, this is still fun. And then like four hours later, you're back on stage at like 7, 8 a.m. Oh, and you're like, okay, I'm not making as much sense. And by day nine, you're like really loopy. Um, but it, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And all the comics are hanging out and everything. And that's actually where I tape my album. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, that, uh, so the club, I should name them, is called Third Coast. It's great. And so if any of your listeners are in Nashville, they should go. Well, not right now. I think the club's probably closed. <laughs> well, you never know. Some states are are wide open now. I've heard, so I don't know what the Some hell's going on. Some of them are wacky. Oh I my know. god! Like I don't the get it. Um, bowling alleys. Apparently, that was like the first thing to open was bowling alleys. Like who who's been jonesing for an alley? That's crazy. Like who's for who? Who's demand? I don't know, man. Maybe it's an American thing because I know bowling's fun up here too. But it's not like we need it. It's fun. But it's not like you gotta go. It's not like it's not like your buddy's like, guys. I have got to go bowling. Like it has been weeks since I've been bowling. I gotta go. Like it's not the it's not a priority in my opinion. Hey, maybe it's their version uh, of like our strip joints because our strip joints opened maybe. up way too early, right? So you know what I mean. Maybe yeah. they go bowling instead of looking at maybe. women and men. <laughs> I know. I mean, for the strip clubs, I feel like you know. I'm not in that world, right? right? <laughs> so who am I to say how often people need to go to a strip club? Maybe there That's are people that actually true. do need to go as often. But I have been to Bowling Alley. <laughs> and I will tell you that I can say you don't need to go. There's other things you can do, you know? I know. Also, they, bowling alleys opened in the summer. Like, play some bocce. Come on. Oh, true. Get it together. I didn't even think There's of that. There's things you can do outside, you know? Not you kidding. Don't, you don't need to hit up an alley. I don't know. Maybe it's the smell they miss. You know, maybe it's the, <laughs> the having somebody spray their shoes. Maybe that's a thing. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's a foot yeah. fetish thing. There you go. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe they're like, I love multicolored shoes. <laughs> Oh man. Okay, so back to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Like I've mm-hmm. speaking of wrestlers who performed there, I've heard a lot of wrestlers go there too. They have acts, they have everything. It's sort of like a carnival, sort of speak. So, in your opinion, how was that experience? How was it? How long did you stay there? Did you witness all kinds of okay. crazy shit? Yeah. So it was wild. It's wild. It's like you're right. It's like a carnival. It's this. Uh, I think it's four weeks. The festival, I think, is wow. three or four weeks. And it's um, in Edinburgh, which is like this medieval uh, city in Scotland. Like this right. little medieval with like, you know, everything is like steps between buildings to get up to a different level of like. <laughs> it's crazy. 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 It's beautiful. Very beautiful. Very cold. I was there. Oh. In, I think it's August you go. And it rained the whole time. Really? Everybody was like, we never had such a beautiful summer. Like, it, the weather has been gorgeous. I was freezing. Oh my God. Yeah. I kept going to their charity shops. Like, they're essentially their Goodwills. And right. I bought more and more sweaters. Like, yeah. I just, like, every time I went, I bought more sweaters. I was wearing long johns. Like, it was cold. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it is like a carnival. Like, there's people, like, riding around town on right. unicycles like oh it's like <laughs> and you see like acrobats like everybody's like on the street trying to get people to come to your show right sure. so i'm there with my flyers and i'm handing out my flyers right and like beside me they'll be like you know a kenyan um choir and they'll be singing these beautiful songs that sounds like music i've never heard in my life wow. and i'm just like can you come to my comedy show please <laughs> like it's like how can i compete with that right. or like they'll be like you know, acrobats, like, just, like, doing somersaults down the street, giving right. out flyers. I'm like, oh, wow, I am I am not talented enough for this. This is wild. Um, okay, so Crazy. I was there, and this is how it went. Okay. okay. So I flew in 
So my parents are Irish. We're okay. Irish. So I flew in through Ireland okay. and then dropped off my bags and everything and then took one of those cheapy little flights they have in Europe where it's like $20, $20 yes. 20 euro or something right. like that. Yeah, yeah. So I got one of those flights from Ireland. So I drop okay. off my stuff at the family farm. Right. Um, you know, tell everybody I'm going to have a great time. <laughs> like, you know, success away. It's see you soon. Sure. Uh, if I even remember you. Not really. They would absolutely uh, not uh, appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I leave the family farm. I go yeah. off to Scotland and um, in Scotland and I get there the day the the day before the festival starts because I wanted to like set up right and so I was doing the festival with this guy we were splitting a venue and uh the guy hadn't gotten there yet he was in London he was just like partying in London just hanging out and drinking pints or whatever so I get there (laughs) I get to our venue we already have everything printed we have posters we have everything printed our uh flyers for the whole month like we have thousands and thousands and thousands of things printed and then uh i get to the venue and the people at the venue um which is a antique shop uh, tell me that no this is not a venue this is an antique shop (gasps) uh (laughs) you must be talking about like last year this we just bought this building and last year it was over the summer because it had been, I guess, abandoned or something. Sure. So yeah, they had yeah. made it. Okay. Oh, my God. So all the flyers and everything are wrong. Right. The festival starts tomorrow. Oh, no. I, like, I text the guy or send him a Facebook message because I don't have a phone. Hmm. Uh, send him a Facebook message. And I'm like, um, hey, so I need you to come to Scotland right now. Because he was in charge of all this stuff. I wasn't oh, in charge okay. of that. It was all him, and right. normally I'm, like, pretty, um, I'm, like, a dot my eyes, cross my T's kind of person. Okay. And he isn't, which I know now, uh, that he is not a thorough kind of person, but right. he wanted to be in charge of this stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try to be the friend I want to have, you know? I'm going to sure. try to be, I'm not going to be controlling, he, I'm not going to check on him. If he says he did it, he did it, you know? And uh, anyway, so we don't have a venue. It starts oh, tomorrow. I've already God. paid rent, which is crazy inflated because it's, you know, a festival. Sure, yeah. And I'm in Scotland. Like, I've, I've already, like, flown from Canada to Ireland to Scotland. I'm like, this is, I can't, Whoa. I can't even deal with the stress right now. Yeah. It's crazy. And so then, okay, so then I was like, come here fix it can't wait to see you <laughs> fix it <laughs> so then he gets there and uh he gets us like the last venue of it. i don't even know how he was able to get us a venue but it was at like the worst possible time right. and it was uh so like the bars and everything close at 11 it's a european city so okay. it closes early everything yeah. closes early okay. um so the streets are pretty abandoned by 9 p.m. Right. Like, there's, like, nobody going around. Our show was at 10 because oh. he got the last possible venue. Right. And our show was not in, like, a bar or a theater space or anything. It was actually in an archway under a bridge um, next to the train station. What the hell? So it was not on a popular, <laughs> popular under the bridge even. It was, like, a very uh, out of... Out of all the under the bridges that I've been to, this was by far the least popular. And okay. um, we had to like run an extension cord, and oh. it was like it was a disaster. And getting people there was impossible. Yeah. And we didn't have flyers for like the first week and a half because all of our flyers had the wrong address and time on right. it. Oh, and then, no. uh, and of course, all the flyer people in. Um, in scotland or in edinburgh had already too much work like they couldn't squeeze us in and get something done in an hour right right. yeah makes sense so anyway we're doing this show i'm trying to make the best of it i'm like you know really putting a positive attitude on it and i mean fair enough i did do uh you know 
a lot of sets okay. and I got on other people's shows and everybody's really nice and it go. was fun, you know? Right. Um, and then, uh, one day there is a, a huge rainstorm. Um, and my venue floods. Oh, wow. Okay. It floods. Cause it's an under the bridge. It doesn't have Jesus. drainage. Yeah. Makes sense. It's again. an under the bridge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's where, that's where water drains too. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yep. Oh so, my okay. goodness. All right. So the first day there, or not the first day, but like finally it floods. Yeah. And then the next day it gets um, broken into <laughs> because we finally got our liquor license and they put like a table, just oh, like, yeah. like a folding table yeah. with bottles of alcohol on it. And somebody knew that. And I guess busted out. Like it wasn't, it's a bridge. It's not locked. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, <laughs> broken into, and uh, and somebody, I guess, knocked the extension cord into one of the puddles because it had flooded the day before. Right. So on the third day there, uh, it had um, caught fire. Oh my god! Uh, so that's three days in a row. Maybe two or three weeks into the festival, right. three days in a row, and then you know I keep showing up to work every day. <laughs> And there keeps being no right? work. Like, it's just, I was like, this city is going to collapse if I stay here. Like, <laughs> disasters are biblical. Right? Like, we're talking like flooding, mm. then robbery, then fire. And then eventually I was like, I'm going back to the farm. I'm just going back to Ireland. Like, I'm just going to sit on a tractor for a couple days and just, like, think about things. And, like, oh so God. I just went back. Uh, to the farm and my uncle was like how are you like how was your trip I was like amazing I would like to milk some cows please and uh, I'm just gonna go milk some cows thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) oh my god well I gotta ask too because you wrote for JFL festival in Montreal in 2018 I believe right now were you there physically or did you write and submit stuff no, I got to go. Which okay, so great. now so what's... I was writing in the building. Okay, yeah. now I've, I've, I was in Montreal while JFL was going on one year or two. I don't remember what, what the year was. And so now what's the, other than I guess the carnival aspect to it, what's the difference between Enderborough and uh, J- JFL? Okay, so JFL does have a bit of an Edinburgh vibe for okay. sure because it's, uh, it has acrobats. And all sorts of like and concerts and stuff, uh, yes, circus and puppets and things. That's right. It's pretty interesting. Um, But I would say that JFL is more like I'd say Edinburgh is a more kind of punk DIY kind of thing. Okay, yeah. Like you can you can set up your own venue. You can uh, like. JFL would never have an extension cord under a bridge. Right. You know, like exactly. Yes. Okay. JFL okay. Is corporate. It's more like um, you know, Scotiabank presents. You know, <laughs> yes. whoever, Gary Seinfeld or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot more corporate. Um, it's a lot more organized, I would say, in that sense. Um, but it, it does lose a bit of the kind of DIY punk yeah. uh, excitement. Um, but JFL was incredible and I got to write for JFL Mm -hmm. and, um, what was amazing was I was writing under, uh, so I was writing for, it's called, uh, the standup show with Catherine Ryan. Okay. So Catherine Ryan's a comedian and she has a show out right now called the Duchess. I'm loving it. Actually one thing, me me and the missus are watching it right now. We're halfway through it. I fucking love it. I love her character. I love everything about it. It's a great show. I know. I know I haven't even plugged myself and I'm plugging that show. (laughs) It's just, it's a great show. It's really great. Very great. Um, so I was like super excited to, uh, cause I thought I was going to get to write for her, which is normally what happens. Normally it's like, you know, Jim Jeffries or something. Someone comes to Canada and they need jokes for the Canadian audience. So you are there kind of like man on the ground. Like you're like, okay, well they were in, Montreal now this is things about Montreal that we can make jokes about these are the things that too many people make jokes about that they would have already heard this week whatever sure. but because Catherine Ryan is incredible uh and because she's already Canadian yeah they didn't really need us for that uh, so, we, <laughs> yeah, so which yeah. is incredible because it's like it probably would have been a much more stressful time like it was already like we were writing a lot because we were doing other stuff as well sure but we didn't have to write material for her, but I really 
that was the thing I was the most excited about. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be able to hear like my words through somebody's so good smile. This is going to be crazy. Um, but I didn't get uh, to do that because she's too professional and too amazing right. that she didn't need me. But she was, she was a star. Like she was amazing. It didn't. So we had to write all these like little sketches for her okay. for like the show. Um, you know, like in case the commercials uh, went short or something. Oh, okay. Anyway, so we had we had to tape a lot of little kind of uh, sketches just as time filler, just in case. Right. And um, so we were writing sketches and she was literally game for anything. Like anything. Um, She didn't have an ego at all. She wasn't like, uh, no, I don't want to walk around with like my dress tucked into the back of my underpants or she didn't have any problems doing anything. There was no like content. She wouldn't do like anything. She was like, yeah, if you guys think it's, you know, I came here to work. I'll, I'll do whatever. She was amazing. Um, and I got to write all the intros oh, and extra. So, cool. well, me and my team. So it was right. another girl with me, um, Leah Krinsky, yeah. who's amazing. And then there was a, like a assistant who was okay. like, you know, also on the team. And then, um, it was so fun. <laughs> and so we were writing, intros but because it's like the main job of like what we thought we were going to do which was monologue writing we didn't have to do that so we just spent way too much time like writing these intros like everybody had like a million intros each and like you can only pick one so like we'd hand them together ryan and she'd be like okay uh, number two okay number three (laughs) um yeah but it was neat because i was writing um intros for like people who are my friends and that right. people I'm friendly with like yeah, yeah. people whose successes have led them to JFL and I get to see them on the happiest day of their life essentially like this is like a That's huge awesome. achievement and right. it's Canadian and everybody understands it it's not like oh I got into the Dubai comedy festival <laughs> people like, I don't know what that is right. like, is that good is that yeah. bad <laughs> we're like I got to do JFL is like a huge, like everybody knows it in America. They know it in England. Yes, like exactly. Knows it. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I guess if yeah. you want to compare it to something Canadian, that's our, the Stanley cup for comedians, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's our super bowl. It's like yeah. our, it's our, it's, you know, um, it's incredible. And so it was so fun to like bump into people that I have known for years. And also the, the lineup of the show had, changed so much because it's you know somebody's five minutes late leaving something on tuesday means that they need to get rescheduled to that which means they're off my show and they're being put on something else whatever so i got to see um people i didn't even know would be on the show that i've known for years and i just like bump into them in the elevator it's like oh man you're doing this i'm doing this look at us now that's awesome and then you know we go back to toronto and like um work in an office or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun oh. for a couple weeks oh there you go there you go. so uh, you also work for cbc was this writing as well yeah so um so i was writing for this hour's 22 minutes oh, okay. which is out in Halifax. yeah of course look at me world traveler right wow just really <laughs> really going around um yeah so i wrote for this hour is 22 minutes, which is like the longest running comedy show, I guess, in Canada. Yeah. Maybe right? longest running show in Canada. It's been on since like the 80s and 90s. Yeah, ever since and I could remember. It, yeah. And so, if anybody of your listeners uh, isn't Canadian, it's basically the Canadian version of the Daily Show. Like the yes, Daily Show go. with Trevor Noah, yep. like has sketches and like jokes and it's political, all that kind of. <clears throat> so, it's, it's, a really fun environment to work in because it has it has all the parts of like the efficiency of working in an office you know it has mm. like the printer always works there's <laughs> reliable wi-fi that's funny. like it, there's just endless money it seems like sure. as a comedian i absolutely nickel and dime everything right. like i won't take a taxi i won't you know and uh <laughs> and then i'm there and it's like there's just like you know, this, you know, closet of snacks and you're like, Oh, okay. So this is just like every snack they have in Costco, just right. in this like enormous walk-in closet. 
And then, like, two weeks later, somebody's like, oh, yeah, that's just the sweet closet. We actually have, like, a salty closet. Oh, no. And a like, it's everywhere. And it's like, they're just like, oh, yeah, go downstairs and get yourself a box of Sharpies. And you're like, a whole box? Like, it's just, just endless money. And they feed you, like, they. Know, I'm very food-oriented. They feed you nonstop. I'm like a toddler. I'm like, they gave me cereal. Um, but, yeah, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. And you get to write things. And then, you know, a day later, you get to see on a full, full audience somebody tell that joke. And right. then there's, like visuals popped up on the screen and it's just like oh my god this is incredible and it's like yeah they don't always pick your favorite jokes of course because it's they're not like the show isn't just for you and me it's not just for people who grew up in toronto who are of a similar age it's not just for whatever it's not just for my parents it's not just for newfoundlanders it's like it's got to kind of cover a wide berth right right so uh they don't always pick the jokes that i'm like oh but that was so funny (laughs) like why didn't they pick that because it's like yeah but it it might be really really funny to five percent of the population and then 95 percent of the population is gonna be like what are you talking about (laughs) um but yeah it was really fun and i got to work with all sorts of cool people and uh you know it was like it was so the thing about comedy like Mm stand-up is you work for an hour an hour and a half a day right right okay and you want to show up like the show's an hour an hour and a half okay and your parts you know maybe 45 minutes of it maybe you're doing 15 minutes of it whatever so it's an hour and a half that you got to be there and you want to show up early right so you get there so two hours two okay. hours of your day and then it's 22 hours waiting for that two hour day you know uh, like you're just sitting around in like oklahoma doing nothing right. waiting to go on stage and then you you know, you take the bus or drive or fly to the next place and then you sit around all day again. Whereas like with writing and writing for TV and writing for the festival and things like that, mm-hmm. you're you're actually busy all day. Oh, and then you get home and you're tired and you're like, I remember this. I remember having a work ethic. This feels amazing. <laughs> like, you know, you take your shoes off and you're like, oh, that feels good. Whereas like when you get home from stand up, it's also like adrenaline from like being on stage and like I was just gonna say, running right? around in there. Yeah. Yeah. So like when you finish your set, it's like you get home, it's like midnight and you're like amped. Like you are like, <laughs> you are not going to bed. Like yeah, you, yeah. you need to calm down for like four hours. It's like you, your sleep schedule is crazy. Your yeah. health is all over the place. And then, yeah, as opposed to like, writing for tv where like you get up at eight and you get to work at 8 30 and then you eat all day they just give you snacks all day like you eat oreos at 9 a.m and people are like yeah that's appropriate that's fine right <laughs> like they're not, no one's gonna stop you <laughs> and uh and then you know you just like you just run jokes by people that are like also very very funny and very qualified and you're like hey do you think this works and they're like okay instead of a peanut maybe you should use <laughs> a walnut you know <laughs> it's like, right it's the greatest job in the world. It's so fun. Yeah, because um, I was going to ask you, like, the differences between writing and being in front. Like, obviously, everyone knows you get the adrenaline from that. But also, you get the adrenaline later, and you get to see it play out in front of you instead of being in it. Like, you know, so in your mind, yeah. what's better, being behind the scene or being in front of the camera? <laughs> oh, for me, I would have to say behind the scenes. Okay. Behind the scenes, for sure. You can control so much more uh, behind okay. the scenes. Even though there are more people in the way of you and your vision, right? but the people in the way of you and your vision are only trying to help. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. They're not like nobody, no TV producer is just like, you know, I just went into TV producing 30 years ago to stop your vision. That has been my single life focus. I just wanted to stop Jennifer McAuliffe from getting, (laughs) you know, whatever, 90 Big Macs on stage. Um, like nobody nobody's that focused on you you know so it's not like that that people are in the way but it'll stop whatever it is that you're doing if what you're doing doesn't have a wide enough appeal but also it's like not everybody wants wide appeal like you know like jerry seinfeld is incredibly successful and he does very relatable stuff he's like what's the deal with one sock in the dryer you know like that kind of stuff (laughs) that doesn't 
that doesn't sing in my heart. You know, that doesn't okay. make me laugh very hard. Yeah. I know that he's very successful and very talented, and I'm not saying that he's not the best at what he does, mm-hmm. but it's not that interesting right. to me at this point. Maybe it was very exciting in the 70s when nobody was doing it, you True. know? Yeah, but, yeah, I get it, yeah. But so it's, working for TV and all of that can feel like somebody's trying to turn you into like this watered down Jerry Seinfeld type thing because it's like more people will get it and it's successful and blah, blah, blah. But on the other hand, you have more opportunities. You have more kicks at the can. Mm -hmm. You can sit there and you can polish and polish and polish over the course of a day. And then by the time you hand it in, it is perfect. Whereas if something happens on stage and you have to address it right away, you only have that one chance, you know, you don't get to change the word out, you know, (laughs) you know, you don't get to be like, oh, wait, actually, I thought of a better thing for that thing I said five minutes ago. Can right. I do it again? <laughs> exactly. Retake. <laughs> yeah. And what's amazing about writing is that, um, like, on the one hand, like I said, I do travel a lot and it's very exciting and I get to right. meet all sorts of different people and it's very fun. But it's also like a lot of the worst bus rides you know like taking the greyhound from like i took the greyhound what was supposed to be a four-hour trip okay but of course it's a greyhound so it got um you know we had to go get gas at some weird station that we weren't supposed to get or we had like a flat tire or whatever it was and the thing ended up taking over 24 hours and they they like it was a four-hour trip it was i was just supposed to go south four hours and it ended up taking me to two different states. Two different states. Jesus. Um, and then I just made it in time for my show. <laughs> Luckily. So I didn't even get to shower. I just like after this <laughs> egregious day. I um, Maybe it wasn't. I think it wasn't 24. I think it was 16 hours. I think it was a 16 hour bus journey. Right. And I literally just like dropped my bags and then took a cab to the venue and did like an okay job but mm-hmm. not my best right? <laughs> like, but that doesn't happen with writing like with writing True. you're you are where you are you're you're already there there's no you can't miss the flight you can't there's things that can't go wrong you know right, exactly um so there's a lot more to be controlled and the money's so much better there oh my go. god <laughs> oh, there's a very the good money. reason it comes every two weeks. It comes in a check. It like it goes directly into your bank account. Um, it's not like you don't have to sit there for two hours to wait for like the comedy club or bar sure. manager to like finish whatever they're doing to come and tell you like, oh hey yeah that was a good job. I didn't like that joke you said, and then hand you like a check or like an envelope of ten dollar bills right. or whatever it is. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's so great. I love writing. I love writing. I love stand up too. Yeah. But um, I think stand up is um, it's amazing for what it is, but you, I think you can't beat when you put all the pluses and minuses together, you can't beat writing. You just can't beat it. It's just the best. Oh, that's fair. Okay, so before we get into the dumbass of the week, I, I got another question here. You performed in front of our Canadian troops. Yes, Americans, Canadians Canada. also have yeah. troops up here. You barely hear of this, though, because in the States, you always hear about comedians doing the tours and even going to off, like, uh, American bases in other countries and stuff. I don't even oh, know yeah. we, like, our troops did this. So you were at CFB Borden. So explain that uh-huh. experience, performing in front of them and how it was. And were you intimidated or anything? <laughs> okay, so I did. I, uh, let me just start this by saying most of my shows go great. Okay. okay. Most of my shows go great. Okay. And nothing eventful happens, and I have a good time, and that's it. Right. And I had a good time at Borden. Okay. But um, but I seem to only be talking about the things that went disastrously bad today. So I just want to say, if people are trying <laughs> comedy or want to do comedy, it's not always like this. But anyway, right. so I get to Borden. Okay. Um, and okay, so Borden's just outside of Kingston. Yes. Right. Of course. Yeah. Okay, so I go to uh the baseboard in. I get there, and the our show, the comedy show, mm-hmm. was um, just one part of an evening. Oh, okay. okay. So it was like it was a dinner and 
a bunch of stuff. And uh, the so formal, hypnotist okay. that was supposed to go last, the hypn- oh, wow. hypnotist, okay. um, decided that he didn't want to wait around anymore. So he bumped the comedy show. Oh. So, so the comedy show is starting like an hour later than it's supposed to, or an hour and a half, or whatever it is. Okay, okay. And these are guys in the army, guys and gals right. in the army. And the later at night it goes, the drunker they get. They're just power drinking. Like, they have been power drinking. It's in a mess hall. Like, it's in this enormous, cavernous cafeteria, essentially. Like, a mess hall. Yeah, yeah. Um, And the full lights are on. Like, it's just, like, super brightly lit. There's no spotlight. Um, So, you're just, like, you know, out there. The, uh, The hypnotist, who I'm sure is very good at what he does... Um, did drive the crowd away. They uh, they were off at the bar. There's like a bar at the back, and the drinks at Base Borden are like a dollar fifty. Like oh, they're crazy cheap. Yeah, wow. it's so cheap, and everybody's like getting wasted on a five dollar bill. Um, I was like, well, I can't beat him. Join him. Um, so <laughs> we're all having fun. We're having a good time. And then, um, oh, and this this show we're doing yeah. we're not getting paid for it because it's a charity event oh, okay. and we have donated our fee to the charity event okay. right which yeah. is like um you do sometimes right so right. uh this was a charity event to get uh army ptsd army veterans um service dogs oh nice Right? Okay. So that's nice. Exactly. And service dogs are obviously very expensive. So I was like, yeah. okay, let's let's just give it back. Uh, get somebody a dog who needs it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, let's, let's do this. So I'm not getting paid. I've spent about $7 on 150 drinks. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I would say I wasn't drunk before the show. I should say that. I wasn't drunk okay. before the show. I was certainly drunk afterwards, but I wasn't drunk before the show. Yeah. And then, okay, so I get up and I do my set. And then as I'm about to start, because I'm, I'm headlining, I'm at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. It's already, like, really late. And as I get up on stage, the bartender says, it's last call. Like, it's first call for last call if you want yeah. another drink. And then everybody rushes oh, yeah. backstage. And it's like... Or in fact, the bar, and it's, like, packed. So I was like, okay, all right. So I check how long the leash is for the the mic, like how long the wire is. And so I'm able to just barely get off stage and, like, start trying to harass people into coming back to the chairs. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think they know there's a comedy show going on. So anyway, eventually I got enough people to come that – people saw people coming to sit down okay. that they were like, Oh, what's going on? Is there something else? And they come down. Um, and then people start coming and then it turns into a good show. Then okay. we're having fun. We're all laughing. They get their dogs. Um, uh, and then afterwards, yeah, they, they, they all wanted to buy me drinks and stuff. And I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> I <earned> it. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome to hear. That's awesome. Yeah. So I guess one, you would do it again. The comic, I would. Absolutely. Okay. I would do it again. Um, yeah. I mean, come on. For for service dogs, for people with PTSD, what kind of monster would you have to be to be like, well, the situation wasn't perfect? Well, um, we are in the year 2020, so. Eh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the, the environment wasn't controlled enough. But also, it's like, if you want a controlled environment, um, paradoxically, the army is not the place for you. Like, you don't go with the soldiers and think, oh, this is going to be a very calm, oh, chill no. environment. Right? <laughs> and there were tons of them. Like, I can't even describe how big this place was. It was so huge. It was huge. And we had a designated driver, so the rest of us oh, uh, had our fun. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Ready for the dumbass? I am. Let's see who's... Okay. So the dipshit of the week. This is somewhere in the states. Uh, so we, we've all done this. Like you've traveled, so you even mentioned it. Uh, buying food at a gas station. Well, when you go to a gas station, uh-huh. sometimes you buy lottery tickets, right? And either or the scratch or the the weekly draw lottery, it doesn't matter, right? So this guy stopped off for some gas, went in and bought a ten dollar scratch ticket. While the attendant there gave him a twenty dollar one instead. 
the guy didn't say anything. He kept a twenty dollar and is like, "Haha, I, you know, I, I screwed over this <laughs> this uh, gas station." Now, how honest are you? Would you have given it back and asked for the ten dollar one, or even an, another example that has happened to everyone? I'm sure if you're given more change back than you deserve, do you tell them that you got it, or are you one of those people that just takes off? Oh, I always always give back the extra change. Okay, there always, you go. Always. I, uh, yeah, I have way too much anxiety. I am not going to go to jail for this. You know, I am not going to jail because a waitress gave me a toonie instead of a loony. Forget it. You're not catching me like that. See, for me, you'll understand this. I have the Catholic guilt because I grew up Catholic too. So to me, I can't, I can't steal. Like, it's like, I didn't earn this. It's whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Now, if it's like, now if I go to McDonald's or something and they give me a 12 pack of nuggets instead of six, I'm not going to go drive all the way back. To ask for it again. No. But if I notice no. it right away, then yes, I'll, you know, I'll see like, no, yeah. you gave me too much, you know? Yeah. So, um, also I think that, uh, anxiety and Catholic guilt are twin sisters, yeah. you know? Like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh like, yeah. I'm like, I'm just like dodging, uh, lightning bolts. Like I'm like, no, 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 I didn't even think it. Don't, don't. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I, yeah, if I noticed, the twenty dollar ticket, right? I would have returned it, and I certainly would have returned it as soon as I found it. But I also think that had I bought it for someone else, and then they told me right. about it, like if I had bought it, let's say I buy a ticket for my dad, right, right, and I give him the ticket, and he says this is a twenty dollar ticket, not a ten dollar ticket, yeah, then I would probably not sleep very well that night mm-hmm. about how I stole $10. And eventually I probably would go back to the gas station and be like, hi, so I bought a $10 ticket. You give me a $20 ticket. Please take this $10. I can't sleep. <laughs> Please. <laughs> well, I'm glad you say that, that buying a friend a ticket. So he didn't only buy a ticket for himself. He bought a ticket for his friend who was sitting in the car. So he got a $10 and a $20. He kept a 20 and he gave the 10 to his friend. Didn't say anything to him. Guess in a million years what happens next. Oh my God. Did the friend win? The $10 friend won $2 million. That's what you get. That is what you get. That's what you get. Now, isn't that instant karma? Instant. Just, I mean, instant. (laughs) So how dumb is this guy? And now, now what do you tell this guy that, oh, that was mine or I, I tried to thief you. Not even, it's not like he tried to thief him, but you know what I mean? They could have, he could have easily, see, and if he had said it to his friend, if he had said, Hey, so they gave me a $20 ticket and a $10 ticket. Why don't we both scratch them? Thank you. And we'll split it. Thank you. And then we both get 15. And that's what I would have done. Yeah. Cause that's what you would have done. That's what happens. See, that's what you would have done. So oh, this guy's a dumbass. Oh, <laughs> that's what you get. Oh, so Jennifer, now's your time to shine. Where people can find you, anything on socials, any upcoming projects, anything you want to share. Floor is all yours. Okay, yeah. So, um, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun, and uh, I am to be found on Twitter at Jennifer Jokes, J E N N I F E R J O K E S, Jennifer Jokes. And the same on Instagram, same on Facebook. I'm Jennifer Jokes everywhere. Uh, or I'm at Jennifer Jokes Smart. on every platform. Yeah. And um, I uh, just finished a, a Christmas rom-com oh. type, like Hallmark-style movie. Nice. So hopefully you'll be able to watch that next year. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see. I'm not in it. I wrote it. I will see with my writing partner. We wrote it. And then, um, what else? Oh, I'm releasing my album very soon. There you go. So I would love if they, um, would think about buying it. So you'll find all the information, um, when it comes out and everything at jenniferjokes.com, or you can check my Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of that. And if they do, uh, find me from listening to you, they should say so. They should send me a DM and say, hi. There you go. Yes. It, uh, like Wynne Gretzky said, again, Canadian theme. You, you only miss the shots you don't take. So you you know yeah. what I mean? No regrets. Hit the DMs. Well, well, say hello. Exactly. I mean, I'm not going to marry you, but say hello. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
There you go. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Finga Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast app. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com. Rewind to the top of the show because if you support those sponsors, whatever helps them out helps me out. And obviously, the most important thing, rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. Okay, last question before I let you go. You brought it up. Uh-huh. Mexico. Now, what? Okay. I read online that you moved to Mexico at the age of 14. Uh-huh. Now, by yourself or with family? Yeah. No, by myself. Oh, okay. Yeah. I went I went by myself. I, I didn't, like, move there. It wasn't okay. like I didn't sign up with the government or anything. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I went by myself to Mexico when I was 14. And I stayed there for three months. Okay, that, uh, um, wow. I went because uh, my parents were very mad at me because I had failed Canadian history, which is, of course, a um, mandatory class. Yeah. Like, you can't graduate without it. Yeah. Uh, and also, my parents are immigrants. So they're like, how do you not know <laughs> Canadian history? We came here. Well, <laughs> how, do you, how did you miss it? You know? Right. Um, we came here to this country, and you don't know this country? <laughs> uh, so they were... Uh, they were not talking to me and I was like well if you're not going to talk to me I'm leaving they were like silent and I was like I'm going and they were silent and I was like I'm leaving right now (laughs) I I went I did it (laughs) shit like what what, okay well first thing crossing my mind is were you not scared of getting kidnapped or the cartels or like no no because this is mexico like so many years ago how many years ago 20 years ago this was like a long time ago i was 14 very old now stuff just wasn't Um, reported back then like you know that's the only difference Safe. Mexico is safe. It was Colombia that had the bad reputation, and now Colombia is very safe. Uh, and yeah, Mexico that's true. Okay, okay, like, that's fair. That's fair. I think there's a bit of like, uh, yeah. But anyway, it was like, um, so I went. I I didn't speak Spanish, but like I said, my right. um, best friend's Peruvian, so okay. I'd like heard heard Spanish. I'd heard okay. heard it, and right. I figured that speaking it was just around the corner. Um, no, it's actually a, a pretty complex language if you don't uh, learn it properly. It's hard to pick up. And uh, yeah, so I just hung out. I was at um, San Luis Potosí, okay. which is in the desert. So I didn't, I didn't go to like the beach ever. Oh. I just uh, hung out for like three months, ate a lot of mangoes, and uh, then I came home. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, oh. oh, and I broke my tooth i broke my tooth oh yeah. so that's okay. where it happened yeah that's right oh my god <laughs> too funny too funny well on that note she's jennifer i'm steve this is the podcast peace good night